Here's a great book title for you. It certainly caught my eye and uh, generated lots of curiosity for me. The title is, It Takes One to Tango. How I Rescued My Marriage with Almost No Help from My Spouse and How You Can Too. The author of this intriguing book with the intriguing title is Winifred Riley, a marriage and family therapist uh, with a private practice in, in Berkeley, California. She has worked with hundreds of couples over the decades, uh, many of whom were in, in, in uh, had their, their marriage was in dire straits, so to speak. Uh, interestingly, ironically, Winifred Riley herself also found herself for, for quite a long time uh, in a similar situation, uh, in a marriage that was not nearly as happy or harmonious as it had been at the outset. And uh, it was while she was attending a, a workshop for therapists that she began to uh, uh, have an insight that had never occurred to her before, an insight shared with her at this workshop that perhaps uh, it was possible for her to make a tremendous difference uh, in her own marriage by, in a sense, acting alone, at least at the outside, acting alone, uh, which ran in so many ways contrary to the standard line that most therapists, including herself, had shared with hundreds and hundreds of couples in trouble, that this is something you both need to want and both need to work on and both need to do. And uh, she found herself, in a sense, liberated by the notion that uh, perhaps it did not always have to work that way and that it was possible to effect great repair on a relationship uh, even, in a sense, unilaterally or largely unilaterally. It's a very intriguing notion, although it's one that not everyone is is comfortable with, especially at the outset. Uh, I have found it quite persuasive as I've read this very, very intriguing book, which is published by Touchstone. Again, it's called It Takes One to Tango. Uh, how I Rescued My Marriage with Almost No Help from My Spouse and How You Can Too. Winifred Riley, we welcome Good you morning. to The Morning Show. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we can have this uh, conversation. So, yeah, uh, it sounds like you really read the book and you got it. It's, 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 it's true. It's, it's unconventional, but actually it's, it's very powerful. Right. But I have to say, uh, at, at least at, at one point in the book, when you talk about first broaching this possibility with some of your clients that is with couples approaching you with marital difficulties of their of their own when you first raised this possibility with them some of them you say were incensed at the thought i mean really offended oh, yeah. by by the notion and and i should think that as you sat down to actually put these thoughts together in the form of of this book that that has to cross your mind as well that there are some people who are going to read the title of the book and and turn away will will not be able to take in this possibility. Well, you know, it's 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 not as hard to sell as as one might as you think. But people's first reaction is that can't possibly be true. But you know, people thought that about the Earth being round. You know, I mean, it can't possibly be true, except for that. I you know, I start to explain to people. How, how much more empowering it is to actually do something. This other model, the two-to-tango model, leaves people really stuck. It, it leaves them waiting for their spouse to share their inspiration or share their vision 
or be as motivated or as hopeful. I mean, I, I regularly work with people where one person is more hopeful for the marriage than the other. And, you know, in, in tr- conventional wisdom would say, well, I guess that's just too bad. Uh, you know, here's a good divorce lawyer, as opposed to, okay, you know, see if you can be influential. See if you can carry uh, if you can carry the hope or see if you can carry the motivation. I work now and again with people where just one partner comes in because the other one is either fearful or doesn't believe in therapy or is afraid therapy is the first step toward divorce or, you know, or they say, oh, I think things are fine. I think the problem is you. And so the person comes in and they say, is the problem me? And I say, of course the problem isn't you, except for that there are things you do that you could change. And that's not the same thing as if you just fix yourself up, your marriage will get better, but somebody could change their reaction to a grumpy spouse. Someone could change their reaction to a raging spouse. And that, and I'm not suggesting you turn that reaction into, okay, this is fine with me. Sometimes, you know, you have a raging spouse and you strengthen yourself to stand before that person and say, I'm tired of being yelled at. I know you think being there for you means that I stand here in the kitchen while you spout off about my shortcomings, but I don't believe that anymore and I'm not standing here. If you want to talk to me about our struggles, you're going to have to come to me in a different way and then you go read. You know, these are unilateral moves that are made to improve the marriage, not unilateral moves that are made to, you know, counter somebody else's best interest. People like that pretty quickly, the idea that they can move their own chess piece in a way. You know, it's like a chess game. You you get to move your chess piece where you want, and suddenly that sense of I'm stuck and I don't know what to do, and he won't do this, she won't do that, we can't talk about that, all that starts to fall away. Of course you can talk about it. You might not be able to talk about it without your spouse reacting, but, you know, so I'm, I often say, okay, fasten your seatbelts, here we go. Hmm. So, in other words, it, it at, at a glance, especially someone, uh, certain people might look at the title of your book or or hear this concept and and jump to the conclusion that it is all about, in a sense, submitting or yeah. surrendering uh, or, or, or putting yourself second and what you want out of life and making your partner and his wishes or her wishes uh, predominant. Uh, this really isn't about this at all. You really are trying to create a, a model in which we're really talking about empowerment of of one half of the partnership that uh, that moves to improve a marriage can begin with one. They don't always have to begin with both. If one finds yourself in a situation in which that moving together uh, might just might not be possible. Um, you know, but if, if you think about it, I mean, it's sort of a fantasy that two people are going to spontaneously stand up at dinner at the same time and say, honey, I think we need some work on the marriage. You know, it's all, every, all change is initiated by one person. Somebody has an idea. I think we need to 
change the way the parking system is downtown. Somebody has an idea. Uh, you know, if people have one, one person comes with an idea and then brings it to the table and then uh, makes a go of persuading somebody else. So, you know, so it, it, it's a fantasy that couples are equally motivated. You know, I, I, I knew I was going to have a lot of, and I was excited to do this, but I knew I was going to have a lot of pushback. Um, I remember being at a seminar for um, a, a kind of how you write a book. This was probably 10 or 15 years ago when I had the idea. And I was having coffee, and I said to my friend, what do you think about calling it one takes to, what takes one to tango? And some woman at the, at the coffee table said, oh, yeah, I was in that marriage. I dragged my husband around until I finally kicked him out. Uh, you know, forget that marriage. And so I thought, okay, good. This is a hot topic. It very much is. For those yeah, of you just really. joining us, I'm speaking with Winifred Riley, the author of It Takes One to Tango, How I Rescued My Marriage with Almost No Help from My Spouse and How You Can Too. I think a lot of people will find it <laughs> interesting how disarmingly honest you are about yourself and about your own marriage with Patrick. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. first of all, could you just say a word about the boldness of of being so open and frank about how difficult your own marriage was for many, many years. Uh, was it difficult to do that? And, uh, uh, and, yeah. and and also speak on behalf of your husband. Yeah, was it difficult yeah. for him to have this story shared so openly? Uh, yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about both of those. Um, you know, that's one of the challenge. That's, that's one of the biggest difficulties that I see in the in the therapy world, in the therapy book writing world, is that it looks like there are experts and novices, and the therapists are all experts. And it's amazing how many of I, I, my, how many of my clients are shocked to find that I have an argument with my husband. That there's any so you know that that like there isn't just some formula where we figure out how to be married and then we finally live in bliss. And so it seems really important, especially in the couples therapy world, for therapists, for us to put ourselves all in the same boat. So in that very same seminar where I learned about uh, how, in fact, uh, that, that people's need for agreement was actually what was keeping people stuck and that we needed to learn how to deal with our differences and how to disagree. It was in that seminar that the, the woman who was leading it, Dr. Ellen Bader, she opened with a line about how she and her husband uh, had gone to the Grand Canyon and they were finally in a place in their marriage where they could just stand at the edge and not worry that either one of them would push the other one off. <laughs> and I remember being utterly stunned at the time, thinking, oh my God, why is she saying something like that? And probably about two hours into the seminar, uh, my face lit up, and I thought, she's saying that because she's saying this marriage is hard. If she stood up there saying, there's a formula for marriage, and here, here it is, she would, be, um, she would do it, be doing people a disservice because the overall message is this thing is hard. It's hard for all of us. I thought about naming my book Marriage is Hard. Boy, you, uh, people said nobody wants to buy that book. But I thought... <laughs> But that's what it is. And so I, I actually thought the most persuasive book 
was going to be one where, I, which, and this, the story is true. It is, this is a completely true story, that I came home from this workshop. You know, my marriage was, the, the difficulties in my marriage were just that the two of us are stubborn, and we were squabblers, and that was really unpleasant, and we didn't know how to stop. Like, when we weren't fighting, we loved each other dearly, but the, but the arguing about nothing and the power and control battles were, were exhausting. I, I want I, I to yeah. point out one thing that you say in this yeah. part of the book where you're describing your marriage. You're saying, and, and, and this really occurs, you tell us, uh, just as you were passing the five-year mark, you said married life was proving to be more strenuous and infinitely more complicated than we'd ever imagined. We, we fought more than we laughed, and our fights were always about the same thing, only that thing was hard to name. What were we fighting about anyway? That's yeah. a really great question, and that, and that notion of, of, of how often, although you might be fighting about a million little things, in some respects... It sort of feels like it's the same thing with just a million different names. But, yeah, uh, it's the same thing. It's, it's who's going to do it their way, which way, my way, your way, turn left, turn right. You know, just like what are we fighting about? People fight about nothing. Right. Like, people have a knockdown, dragout fight. It was horrible. I slept on the couch. It was terrible. We hated each other. Oh, yeah, what happened? I don't know. Was that the thing about the credit card? No, wait, no. That was about the pillow. I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but it was horrible. <laughs> I hear this all the time. Nobody even knows what are you fighting about. Right, so it feels huge in the yeah. moment, and uh, it's obviously not huge. I think the other really important point from this part of the book where you're describing how hard things were in your marriage for such a long time, and I really think this is worth uh, thinking about. You said you're talking about several ways in which you, like probably most couples, were were very naive about how hard relationships are and how hard marriage is. And you say at one point, perhaps most naive, was the belief that because we loved each other, our life together would get better and better with time, no matter what challenges we faced. And I think that is so true. And I think probably people are naive in that respect about other aspects of their lives as well. Just this sort of blissful notion that that just hanging in there is enough and this will just naturally get better over time. Probably very little operates that way in most cases. It's probably the reverse. But but didn't you feel like that about, like, finally when I'm a grown-up, everything is going to be great, you know? It's like the same kind of thing. When you're you're nine years old, you think, when I'm a grown-up, everything is going to be fabulous because I'm going to be in charge of everything. You know, it's not quite like that. But... But the thing is, when people have that expectation and marriage gets hard, they just think they're doing it wrong. They married the wrong person. Uh, it's their, they grew up with crazy parents, and that's the problem. Or that marriage is just a stupid institution. And, you know, and then they, they give up. Um, I, but I wanted to be sure to go back to your question about my husband. Yes. My husband has been just incredibly generous about this. Because our marriage is quite lovely now, and he appreciates all the work that we did. There is a point, which is why this subtitle says almost. Uh, there was a point where I wasn't the only one working on it. And that's, that's the key here. You get started, and as you start to clean up the relationship system, the 
spouse, not always, but usually, begins to change too, but not because you are the engineer of that change. That was the biggest surprise. I thought it was a kind of a Hail Mary effort here for me. I'm going to just start focusing on myself. Everybody says, oh, you can't change your spouse. Well, I was going to take that seriously and stop trying to change him, and it worked. And so he began to change. In fact, sometimes he was the lead agent for change. If we were getting into a tangle, he would be the one who'd say, you know, I think we're going down the wrong road. This is ridiculous. I think we should stop. And And we began to share but it wasn't out the outset. And so um, one of the suggestions of, of an editor was, how about the subtitle, How I Rescued My Marriage with Absolutely No Help from My Husband? And I said, there's a divorce maker. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, we're not going for that, but how about this? This is good, almost, because that was true. It was definitely not, absolutely not. What do you think was at the core of your husband's resistance to this notion? Um, You know, that's an interesting question. I don't know, except for that maybe just a reluctance to change or a fear that uh, if we really looked at it, we were going to find out that it was all his fault or that he was just, um, you know, kind of hunkered down and being a guy and you're just supposed to kind of endure whatever goes on. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not positive, but I think a lot of people are fearful and resistant to change. And they also, you know, I, you know, he's not alone. I'm not alone. I think almost everybody thinks the real trouble with their marriage is the person they married. And so, you know, people come into my office all the time. I've had people come in with lists. Here's what's wrong with the marriage. And it's a list that starts with she, 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 she. She's late. She's messy. She picks up the kids on uh, late. She never wants to have sex. She doesn't make the bed. You know, it's just, and so then that's what's wrong with their marriage. And, if, and they hand it to me like they're bringing in a broken toaster that, that you know, to the fix-it shop. And here's what you got to do and start, you know, they figure I'm going to get to work on their spouse. Hmm. I especially appreciate the, the matter of, of couples who have to, in your words, move beyond the safety of sameness and and uh, and of course this is part of this whole f- phase of differentiation where one needs to be honest about the differences that perhaps you didn't see at first and uh, learn to embrace those yeah right now i suppose this is not always true that is there are couples whom right from the beginning from the very first date never quite have the same rosy hazy kind of honeymoon period even before they're married but but are 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 acutely aware of one's differences and maybe do some of this right from the outset i suspect your book is mostly for those couples where uh they followed more of the storybook path uh and really didn't think much in the outset about those differences is that fair to say no i don't think so i think my book is for anybody who wants to have a more vibrant and lively marriage. It's not just for people on the brink of divorce or who are, you know, stubborn pigheads like me and my husband. It, it, there, it's really a book about, uh, about empowering yourself to have a, a broader wingspan, to use your voice, to create change, to 
to push the boundaries of what it is that, that you feel are, are kind of the rules in your relationship and to see if there's some, something more, something different. You know, and in any relationship, someone is going to say, you know, I don't think I want to blank anymore. Someone might say, I don't really want to go to church every Sunday. Or someone might say, I want to start going to church. <laughs> or someone might say, I think I'd like to have a third kid. That, that we are not always going to want the same thing at the same time. And I hear all the time from couples, well, we, we can't actually talk about that. If I do this, she freaks out. If I say, what about we start saving more? Or, you know, I, I, think, I, think, we, I, I think we should cut loose a little bit and maybe take, a, you know, take a really fancy vacation for our 25th anniversary. And it breaks the rules. So I don't just think it's about troubled couples or people who have dramatic, you know, conflicts. Everybody dreams, for, longs for something that they're afraid to reveal. And so, um, you know, so, so in the honeymoon, in the early phase, it's not like we all uh, have rose-colored glasses, per se. It's that we're all focused on the positive and the aspects of the relationship where we're alike. It's, you know, it's like, oh, I finally found someone who's like me. I have found my person. Um, but then, then we also discover things we don't know about that person, things that are difficult. They chew loud. Or, you know, I didn't realize that he had so many shoes that they were always all over the house. Or, you know, he picks his nails in a way that's driving me nuts. Or he can't ever actually let me win. You know, you start to see these things, and then, then marriage gets interesting. It's not that it gets bad. It just gets to be more of a, uh, you know, it's a little bit more of an uphill hike. And, you know, you, know, you, have, you have to engage more with how am I going to manage myself in relation to not having everything the way I want? And I think we grow that way. I don't think you can grow if you're never challenged. Absolutely. And I suppose the other thing, too, is um, th- there are many couples where there are some significant differences. I think of my own. Uh, it, it's very, very true. And then there are other couples where it appears on the surface that <laughs> These two people got married, and they're peas in the pot. In a pod, they 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 are very very alike in in temperament and so on. But I suppose even in a marriage like that, uh, there is something to be gained because even in that kind of marriage, it's not the same person. Uh, it's two different people, and even if the differences are fairly subtle shades of variation, uh, right. those are still worth exploring. Well, well, yeah, you know, and and and. Uh... And, and one should never be fooled by the people who say they never have a fight because there are a lot of places where a lot of stuff is stuffed under the rug, and those people look very peaceful. But part of it is that they sideline. They sideline important issues. You know, there are people who have a kind of a cooler temperament than me, and so their conflicts look different. Uh, but But there isn't anybody who's got... Uh, who, with, for whom no issue ever arises where they're afraid to speak up or they don't really know uh, what they're going to do. You know, it's, it, and there are these moments where I want people to have in their head a voice that says, now's your moment, take a step. Mm. Um, you know, now's your, you know, here you are, 
and, and have people see themselves, you might discover that, uh, you know, that there are some behaviors that you engage in that aren't so healthy, and you can stop doing them. So this isn't just about starting right. things. You know, this is about, you know, I realize that every time she brings this up, I get defensive. I need to work on my defensiveness because this is really frustrating her. You know, we start to, if you look at yourself, you'll start to see things you long for, things you're doing that are not so healthy, things you just want to change, ways you want to be closer, things you want to reveal. And this happens unilaterally. And, I, I, you know, my goal is for people to realize that you have more power than you think and that if your marriage seems dull or difficult if you think maybe, you know, there's no hope, try something, do something, change something, take a risk. You, you, you have nothing to lose, even though it can be, you know, scary or threatening. Right. I know I need to let you go, but I, I want to make sure people understand that your book is not just about your own marriage and about these, these sort of general principles, but quite a lot of the book is about implementation with some very specific suggestions on how yeah. these thoughts can be implemented. In our last minute or so, could you just yeah. maybe give our listeners uh, an example or two of some of the practical bits of advice you share in this book? Um, sure. Okay. So uh, in self-observation, for when, when a, a conflict is occurring, for people to pause and ask themselves, what's really going on here? in order to, you know, not be fighting about olive oil or where to park, what's really going on here? And, and, and or, you know, to, to, to actually begin to ask that question. Or for people to recognize that when they're agitated, the most important thing is for them to take a pause and calm down, or for them to not take the partner's bait, um, or for people to... Um, listen to that voice in their head that says, I don't think that this is right. Like, what, what is your, I say, people, what is your own most reliable witness inside you tell you to do at this moment? Your partner is saying, it's your fault or you did this. Um, you know, so there are, there's a whole chapter on how to figure out what you're actually fighting about. Uh, and I have examples, lots and lots of of couples where they're the moment where they change something. Um, and, you know, so there's a whole chapter about how change occurs um, and, how, and what it looks like when, when uh, some, what it feels like when somebody uh, takes a risk. I also talk about who made, how did you make these rules in the relationship? So there's a whole section on looking at what rules are confining you and how to notice what they are. Um, it's, it's definitely not a workbook, and it's not a traditional how-to book. We call it a part memoir, part self-help book. Um, people find themselves in the stories of other people, many, many couples. I talk about lots of couples, and I talk about a lot of theory. Many, many years of study are compressed into this into this book where you'll get ideas about um, why it is that uh, people are afraid of intimacy, why it is that people fight, 
what it really means to make up. Hmm. The book again is It Takes One to Tango, How I Rescued My Marriage with Almost No Help from My Spouse and How You Can Too. The book is published by Touchstone, the author Winifred Riley. Winifred Riley, thank you for writing this yeah. intriguing book okay, and for joining me today on The Morning Show. You can find more at onetotango.com. Very good. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much.